For eight years, I dreamed of fire. Trees ignited as I passed them, oceans burned. The sugary smoke settled in my hair as I slept. The scent like a cloud left on my pillow as I rose. Even so, the moment my mattress started to burn, I bolted awake. The sharp chemical smell was nothing like the hazy syrup of my dreams. The two were as different as Carolina and Indian Jasmine. Separation and attachment. They could not be confused. Standing in the middle of the room, I located the source of the fire. A neat row of wooden matches lined the foot of the bed. They ignited, one after the next, a glowing picket fence across the piped edging. Watching them light, I felt a terror unequal to the size of the flickering flames. And for a paralyzing moment, I was ten years old again, desperate and hopeful in a way I had never been before and would never be again. But the bare synthetic mattress did not ignite like the thistle had in late October. It smoldered, and then the fire went out. It was my 18th birthday. In the living room, a row of fidgeting girls sat on the sagging couch. Their eyes scanned my body and settled on my bare, unburned feet. One girl looked relieved, another disappointed. If I had been staying another week, I would have remembered each expression. I would have retaliated with rusty nails in the soles of shoes or small pebbles in bowls of chili. Once, I'd held the end of a glowing metal clothes hanger to a sleeping roommate's shoulder for an offense less severe than arson. But in an hour, I'd be gone. The girls knew this. Every one. From the center of the couch, a girl stood up. She looked young, fifteen, sixteen at most, and was pretty in a way I didn't see much of. Good posture, clear skin, new clothes. I didn't immediately recognize her, but when she crossed the room, there was something familiar about the way she walked, arms bent and aggressive. Though she'd just moved in, she was not a stranger. It struck me that I'd lived with her before, in the years after Elizabeth, when I was at my most angry and violent. Inches from my body, she stopped, her chin jutting into the space between us. The fire, she said evenly, was from all of us. Happy birthday. Behind her, the row of girls on the couch squirmed. A hood was pulled up, a blanket wrapped tighter. Morning light flickered across a line of lowered eyes, and the girls looked suddenly young, trapped. The only ways out of a group home like this one were to run away, age out, or be institutionalized. Level 14 kids weren't adopted. They rarely, if ever, went home. These girls knew their prospects. In their eyes was nothing but fear of me, of their housemates of the life they had earned or been given. I felt an unexpected rush of pity. I was leaving. They had no choice but to stay. I tried to push my way toward the door, but the girl stepped to the side, blocking my path. Move, I said. A young woman working the night shift poked her head out of the kitchen. She was probably not yet twenty, 
and more terrified of me than any of the girls in the room. Please, she said, her voice begging. This is her last morning. Just let her go. I waited, ready, as the girl before me pulled her stomach in, fists clenched tight. But after a moment, she shook her head and turned away. I walked around her.